Do you want to maximize your success with NCUA? Join Mark Trichel as he shares with you the insider's view on passing your exam with Flying Colors. The With Flying Colors podcast is sponsored by Credit Union Exam Solutions by Mark Trichel. If you would like to work directly with the Credit Union Exam Solutions team and receive support to optimize your results with NCUA so you save time and money, visit us at marktrichel.com to find out more. Hey everyone, this is Mark Trichel with another episode of With Flying Colors. This morning, I'm with Ryan Donovan, the CEO of the Council of Federal Home Loan Banks. Ryan, how are you doing today? Doing great, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great. My my listeners may recall that you formerly were the number two at CUNY. And I know that uh, we did an earlier podcast when you transitioned over to your new role. And you you picked an interesting time to go do that with the... FHFA 100-year report on federal home loan banks, which I know you you had a lot of listening sessions and things tied to that, but the report's out, right? Right. The big reveal of the report was, I think, just last week. And so I reached out. I was I'm very happy that you could get on and share your takeaways from this report. First blush, I'm sure you've read it a few times. I read it at least once and scanned it before the call here. But so the report's out. And from where you sit, what's your take? Listen, the FHFA went through, and first of all, Mark, thanks for having me back on the show. I have a repeat guest. I'm honored. I, when we think about the report, I think it's important to take a step back and remember the process that FHFA went through to develop the report. They heard from about 800 stakeholders over the course of uh, six or seven months. They had their listening sessions, three days at the beginning of the process, three days at the end of the process. They held 19 regional or virtual roundtables focused on different aspects of the report. And they had two comment periods, uh, I believe both of which, I know they were both more than 30 days. I think that they were both 45 day comment periods. So they took in a considerable amount of feedback from stakeholders. And I think that is more or less reflected in the report. Most of what they heard, in fact, I'd say in excess of 80% of, of what they heard during that process was uh, positive and supportive of the role that the home loan banks play in providing liquidity for their members and uh, the role that they play in supporting affordable housing and community development. In fact, if you were going to have a, if you were going to try to draw a theme from a stakeholder feedback, it's that stakeholders want more from the home loan bank system. And I think that's a good position to be in. And when you consider that feedback and then you look at the report, there, it certainly plots a, a path provides a direction of travel to a place where, in some respects, the home loan bank system could do more. But the devil's always in the details. What we have at this moment is we have a report coming at the conclusion of a very long process. It provides about 50 recommendations in, in total. The thing that I would tell credit unions, as we've told other groups, is None of the recommendations are inevitable. In fact, most of the recommendations are quite big. There's a lot of clarity that is yet to come. 
but we will be engaging in the rulemaking process because there's a number of potential new rules coming out of this. We'll, of course, be engaged in a, a legislative process if, if that develops. There were statutory recommendations in this. And, of course, the agency telegraphs in, in its report areas where they will use the supervisory process to change policy and try to achieve their, their objectives. So we've got to stay engaged in all of this. But, I, but at a very high level, I think the report is largely additive to the system. Uh, with, however, the potential um, limit or disrupt access to re reliable liquidity. So you framed up the three. So there's legislative, there's rulemaking, and there's the supervisory process. So putting my old NCUA hat, the legislative would be for, for the, the corollary for credit unions would be a change to the Federal Credit Union Act. Yep. That's a heavy lift. That's a long lift. It's a lift that might never quite frankly happen because you want to change doesn't mean it necessarily will. So that's the, what, five, 10 year plan. Yeah. And, and I, I'd say when you look at the things that are the, the statutory requirements in this report, they recommend, they're going to recommend to Congress to increase the affordable housing program minimum contribution. It's currently 10% of net earnings. They want to take it up to 20%. The home loan bank system is already moving in that direction, right? During this process, responding to the feedback that uh, we heard, each of the banks agreed to go to 15% of, of net earnings, and, and they're working to implement that right now. So we're moving in that direction. Yeah, a statutory change is a heavy lift, but I think a benefit of the review was that we're already moving uh, towards, towards more to AHP and to voluntary programs. Another um, statutory recommendation that I think was reflective of feedback uh, that they heard had to do with uh, expanding um, the community financial institution definition. And this is something that will be important to credit unions um, because right now that definition doesn't include credit unions, but the agency in its report is recommending to expand that definition. And what that means for credit unions is that if Congress makes that change, they will be able to pledge as collateral small business loans, ag agriculture loans. It just expands the option of collateral for credit unions. Then there were some other recommendations for statutory change that frankly weren't reflective of things that they heard in, in the process, like giving the FHFA more power to consolidate home loan banks or giving them more powers around like executive compensation. This wasn't reflective of the, of the feedback that stakeholders gave. Um, and it's, it's hard to see uh, Congress having much of an appetite uh, for that uh, in, the, in the near term. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I remember last time we chatted that the low housing initiatives and how great of a job that the federal home banks did. I wasn't aware at that juncture because again, from where I've sat, my history has been on the liquidity side, but. The yeah, and really the untold story is that the home loan bank system is the largest private sector contributor to affordable housing efforts in the country. It's a, our contributions are a function of our earnings. And so when we have high earning years, like we are in right now, and as we were last year, we're contributing even more. So we're contributing a lot and we've committed to doing more as a function of our earnings 
And I think that the thing that I would take away is not only do we have a commitment to do more, but we heard what stakeholders were saying in this process. And even before FHFA put out their report, we were out there uh, making changes to address the needs of our stakeholders. Right. And, and, and what, 15% is roughly one out of every six dollars and then 20% would be roughly one out of every five dollars. So if you take that extra dollar out of the, you give that extra dollar out of that equation, it's good for the, the housing needs. Uh, but it also then the other side of that is as you're trying to make the, the federal home loan bank safe and sound, that's something they can't into their reserves. So it's a balancing act. It's good if you right. can give it, but if but it becomes statutory, it's not a, you can, it's you must. That's right. And I think the balance, and credit unions know this well, is making sure that you maintain the value proposition of the cooperatives, right? Home loan banks are cooperative financial institutions, right. just like credit unions. And so it is a constant balance. How do you make sure that there is incentive for participation in the cooperative while also making sure that you're meeting this important aspect of the dual mission of the home loan bank system. So it's, we've got a, a part of our mission is to provide a reliable source of liquidity for our members. Another part is to support affordable housing and community development. It very much is a balancing act. Got it. And then, so below the legislative level, the rulemaking level, what type of recommendations yeah, got, on your, got on your radar relative to that? This is probably the... Uh, biggest area of recommendations if you're bucketing them into these three categories. And what I think the agency has made clear through this process and certainly in the report is that mission is very important. Clarification of the home loan bank's mission is very important. And I think they do a relatively good job of emphasizing the the important role that we play on the liquidity side for our members and as well as the affordable housing role that we have. But I, if, if you ask me, you know, what, what are they going to try to tackle first? I wouldn't be surprised if out of the gate, they issued a proposed rule that clarifies their regulatory mission statement. And that will, that I think will provide some opportunity for additional feedback uh, to the agency and perhaps some direction in that regard. Um, another issue that they, I hope, will try to tackle early on is simplification of the affordable housing program. So we've been talking about how we're putting more uh, resources into AHP. But one of the things that we heard during the process was it's really complicated to get AHP dollars, that there's a lot of regulatory burden. There's duplicative requirements. And so I, and the agencies acknowledge this they, in their report. They indicate that they're going to work on simplifying that program. And I think that will help make those dollars have a greater impact when they're, when they're given out. So that's another area of, of rulemaking that we're um, paying attention to. There, is, there, there are some things, I think, to, to be concerned with, though, from, from the report. Uh, the agency has indicated that they're going to pursue rulemaking that would provide a ongoing mortgage asset test. So Mark, you are probably aware in order to join the home loan bank system, a member has to have 10% of their assets in mortgage related assets. What they have said in the report is that they want to have some sort of ongoing mortgage asset test for members. 
I think that th what this does, along with some of the other changes that they're proposing, is it really starts to add questions about whether or not the home loan bank will be there when a member needs liquidity. If I, if you're a home loan bank member, you've got to check to see if you're if you've got the, enough mortgage assets uh, before uh, a loan. If you're the home loan bank, you may have to set up a, a process where you're checking on that before you give the loan. If nothing else, it slows down uh, that process. Another concern that we've got is the recommendation around changing the definition of a long-term advance. Right now, if you take an advance out that's longer than five years in duration, that is considered a long-term advance. And those proceeds of the advance have to go for additional mortgage activity. The report contemplates reducing that to one year. What impact will that have on our members, how they use the home loan bank, whether they see us as a, a strong value proposition remains to be seen. We, we will be, we would be, we'll be concerned about that uh, rulemaking and we'll be doing some analysis on the potential impact on it, on that. There's a whole host of regulatory changes. Now, the, the thing about it is, Mark, the regulatory process takes great deal of time from the proposal of an AMPR to the effective date of a final rule, that can be years. And so there will be opportunity for stakeholders to weigh in through the comment process. I anticipate that there will be some congressional interest in some of these, some of these rules. And so we're going to need credit unions and other home loan bank members to be engaged. And we're working closely with and NAFQ, America's Credit Union, America's Credit uh, Union, exactly, too, and the state leagues, of course, to make sure that we've got information for credit unions and when the time comes, they'll be ready to engage. Yeah, as you're talking through that, creating additional regulatory burden where you're slowing down the institution, having to check bucket A and bucket B before they can get the funds and you're, and you're slowing down the federal, the individual federal home loan bank where they're having to do X, Y, and Z. It reminded me of one of my favorite books, which is Atomic Habits. And one of the things about having good, one of the concepts in the books is friction. Creating your good habits, you want to remove friction. And your bad habits, you want to create friction. The, it's, counter, it's counter to the philosophies of that book from the perspective of if you're creating friction on the most important or one of the most important elements of what an institution gets out of it, and you're making it harder, you're putting a burden in there that might lessen the ability to assist. And going back to Signature Bank and SVB and all that, the ability to move quickly is one of the biggest strengths of the system. Absolutely. And first of all, Atomic Habits, great book, highly endorsed it. I don't know what it says about me that multiple people have given me that book as a gift. But uh, I've given it to my kids. So it's a really, it's a really good book. But to your point, Mark, when we think about March 2023, a lot of the focus is on SVB and Signature and First Republic and Silvergate. And certainly they were members of the home loan bank system. There was activity. But in March 2023, the most important thing that the home loan banks did was the access to liquidity they provided to the 6,500 members of the system so that there were, they were a stabilizing force during a time of turmoil. And that's lost in a lot, of the, a lot of the reporting, but it shouldn't be. Because 
for us to be there, our members have to have confidence that we'll be able to meet their needs, right? So that anything that is put into place, whether it's through the regulatory process or the supervisory process that undermines their confidence in us, undermines their uh, ability to receive that on-demand, really creates that friction that will, I think, create some instability in the future. Yeah. And that's going to be, that's going to be really as you're getting your members' thoughts and CUNIT and NAFCU, America's credit unions are getting those member thoughts. It's going to be very important for the stakeholders to make FHFA and Congress aware of that as you, it's almost like you're entering the playoffs now, the report coming out. It's great it's out, but now you got to double down on the efforts to make sure that the recommendations are handled appropriately. But no, that you're exactly right. Um, I'm going to put a timeline out there. It's just more of a, a big, long number. But this report probably creates about a decade's worth of work, right? If the agency was going to go through and try to get everything done, it'd probably take 10 years. Now, the thing about it is not everything's going to be done. Not, you can't have 50 priorities. So they're going to focus on the, the ones they think are most impactful. And I think stakeholders are going to come to the table with their thoughts on FHFA's proposed rules or the statutory changes. And so there, there is, there's still a lot of process ahead of us. That's right. That's right. Yeah. If everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. So that's uh, right. Point. That leaves the supervisory process. Uh, there's things that may fall down to that level. I'm guessing there's things that the, that you and the federal home loan banks might prefer that if you're going to do it, you should regulate it because we can get more comments. But if, if that process plays out well, and again, putting my NCUA hat on, a letter to credit unions that doesn't go through the public process can put burdens on the credit unions. And then NCUA always dovetails into the safety and soundness arena to try and give it a little bit of a hook to quasi-enforce it. Is there, are there similar issues and concerns as it relates to how this might play out? Yeah, there's a lot of commentary in the report about the efforts that they're going to undertake to strengthen member risk management, to limit large debt issuances, the the definition of a stressed member, the process for handing members off to the Fed when they're troubled. A, A lot of things that the terms are vague enough that they probably deserve more sunlight on them as the policies are developed. And you're going through your FHFA, you're going through this huge process. You're trying to get it right for the centennial uh, of the system in, in nine years. It just seems like it makes a lot of sense to keep as much out in the sunlight as possible, particularly when the changes could have an impact on the members, the value proposition and the impact. Uh, of the home loan bank system. Mark, the supervisory process is is really, there. there's really a cloak over it. But it, when you're making policy through the supervisory process, there shouldn't be. And I, we're going to, I think, encourage the agency to to do as much out in the open as possible so that our members know what to expect when they come to the home loan bank uh, for liquidity. 
Now that all makes that all makes sense. This I, I know a lot more about the report now that we've chatted about it. Is there anything, Ryan, that else you'd like to say about it? Or is there a question I should have asked you here this morning uh, that I didn't? The one thing that I would just emphasize for credit unions and frankly for all home loan bank members is that nothing's changed because of this report, right? Today, while we're talking, these are just recommendations. They're in a nice glossy document. There hasn't been a proposed rule issued. There hasn't been a bill written. Credit unions that are members of their home loan bank should approach their home loan bank just like they would for liquidity and should expect to get the service that they've always that they've always received and enjoyed. We are going to enter a policy making process now. And it's going to be critical just like when credit unions engage on interchange, on the tax status, all of the credit union issues that I worked on for so many years. It's going to be critical for them to engage on this because they're stakeholders in this. They are they're members of this financial cooperative and as I told credit unions for years, if the folks that are most invested in the cooperative aren't speaking up for the cooperative, who will? We need members to engage and we'll be working with America's credit unions and the state credit union leagues to ensure that uh, they've got the information that they need in order to be engaged in these processes. Well said. Yeah, that's a good wrap. They don't, if they enjoy what the federal home loan banks are doing for them and they want to keep it, they need to stay engaged and they need to be available. And, and give a little bit of time to the system and make their thoughts known. So that's fabulous. So if someone listening wants to do that, and obviously you can do it through the leagues, through CUNIC, through NAFQ, is there, if there's something here that they, that triggered their mind that they'd like to reach out to you or your organization, what would the, be the best way for sure. them to do that? Let me offer a couple of suggestions. One, I am very active on LinkedIn and the council is as well. So seek me out on LinkedIn. I will, uh, I'll connect with you and uh, follow you or whatever the, the term is on LinkedIn, but that's a really good way of reach me as Mark, because that's how you reached out to me. Yes, uh, the sir. council also has a, a LinkedIn page too, that is good to follow. And then my email address is rdonovan at cfhlb.org. So that's also a good way to reach me. Okay, great. And I'll put in the show notes, your a link to your LinkedIn and a LinkedIn to the council's LinkedIn page. So if someone pulls it up, they can, uh, connect right. with you via the podcast notes. So Ryan, thanks so much. I know you're real busy right now with this just having coming out. I really appreciate you giving me some time this morning. To, you to bet. Highlight no, happy to. Unions. Anytime, Mark. Thanks you so got much. It. All right. Thanks so much. And listeners, I want to thank you for listening. I hope you'll listen again soon. This is Mark Trichel signing off with Flying Colors. Thank you for joining us on this episode of With Flying Colors. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app to hear future episodes where subject matter experts of all varieties will provide tips on how to achieve success with NCUA. If you would like to learn more about how we assist credit unions, check out our services at marktrichel.com. 